Welcome to another episode of the Team Eagle Podcast. I'm your host, Agamurp, here today with Bhagyashri. Today we are here with our very first international guest, Bhagyashri. And so she has a very long list of accomplishments that I'm super excited to go into, as well as talking about recent events in India, as well as um, the U.S. So thank you so much for joining us. And to start off, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, yeah, so um, I'm Bhagyashri and I live in Mumbai, India. And I'm the author, poet and illustrator. I've co-authored two books, Prospective Individuals and Young Storytellers. I've delivered speeches at Gateway of India on National Youth Day, and I'm the founder of Youth Magazine, and I'm passionate about writing and public speaking. It's very cool. Um, what, um, like, for those of us who haven't heard of the Youth Magazine, could you give, like, an explanation to what the magazine is about? Um, yes, sure. Um, youth Magazine is a monthly publication focused um, especially on the voice of youth, um, to express their opinions and to discuss global issues like education, empowerment, environment, as well as education, equality, and international cooperation, which are the basis of our foundation. That's super cool. Um, I was looking at your guys' website and I saw how you had people from really all over the world and different topics. And it was super cool how even during a pandemic, you're able to connect so many different people in a time period where we're all like distanced from each other. So I thought that was really cool how you were able to do that. And so what do you think is the biggest challenge you've had in building this magazine? And what is something you've learned from the entire process? Um, yes, so the biggest challenge in starting this magazine was um, just trying to maintain an international team based on different time zones, different languages. Um, that was the biggest challenge, but again, that was the biggest point of a learning experience, as well as something interesting that keeps me and my team driving to just keep communicating with each other and stay focused on our goals and the magazine's goals. Um, another challenge was co- coping up with new elements of technology, for example, like building a website uh, um, and just um, coping up with new elements of Photoshop and designing of the magazine. Um, because it might seem intimidating at first while you're trying to build a website when you have 0% experience at it, but then um, these challenges sort of helped me grow through the magazine. That's what makes this whole process and this journey exciting. Um, I had zero experience while building a website, but then I just started experimenting on Wix and within three days, yes, my website was ready and uh, that too without any skills of coding because actually coding is not required right now in today's age for building any website. Exactly. And I think that's something I want people to know, like how you don't have to be professional to start an initiative. You can start from not knowing anything and just do your research and you'll be able to do really whatever you want to. And so I really like, I think that's really inspiring. And so shifting into talking more about recent events, um, like the, like India state in the pandemic right now, I know um, India is second in COVID cases with 5.21 million people um, currently infected or who have been infected. So first of all, how have you been in this and what has changed in your daily routine? Yes. India's cases of coronavirus have been rising each day. As you said, currently it's almost 5 million people and each day it's increasing by almost 90,000 people each day. And I live in Mumbai, which is located in Maharashtra Strait and which has the largest number of coronavirus cases as yet. 
Um, so, how has my daily routine changed? Um, I must say, I've been locked up in my home for good mm. since the past five months, if I'm not wrong. Mm. Um, I had my um, national um, state board exam which of sophomore year, the final year exam, which is slightly important in India, um, the grade 10 exam. I had it in, um, by the end of March. So, um, coronavirus cases have just started being developing in India. Um, so my last paper of geography and economics was cancelled due to coronavirus and from that time and since then I'm locked up in my home um, again for good it's all, it's always over uh, I'm not being outside my home um, again for the health and safety of me and my family and even for others and I've been trying to explore um, new interests new hobbies uh, just I've, I got a time to write a book. I got a time. I got time to paint. I got a lot of time to read. I got time to invent yeah. magazine and just keep collaborating with team and just take up time which I wouldn't generally had in my daily routine if this wouldn't happen like this right now. Yeah, I think that's so true. And you said you haven't been outside your home at all in five months. No, not at all. No. Oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> Um, for me, I mean, I can like I can relate to being locked down for the fa- past five months, but I think there was a period where I think it was only like two months where I hadn't been like outside my community, but not even like just the home. I think that's so like that's crazy. I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like I've gotten like so bored of just being in the house, like but like completely locked up would drive me like crazy. Um, yes, um, even uh, yeah, anyone can both keep being locked up at home. But then, if you have a great company of books and art, it can be pretty monotonous. It can be pretty interesting too. That's true. Yeah, that's a really like good way to keep your time and interesting and stuff. So, um, what is like some of the biggest change you've seen in people and society? Like, um, with like, um, whether that's your family or going into people outside your home neighborhoods um could be like in different cities as well um i think due to this whole pandemic and lockdown as we call it here people have started valuing their own life and family more than anything else which is actually needed in this busy schedules of our lives um people have been locked up in home but um I can call it like people have been just resting and relaxing and growing each day at home due to this pandemic. They have started valuing their health more than anything else, which is mm-hmm. actually true because sometimes we try to ignore our health, ignore our family, ignore our own yeah. passions. Um, I've seen many, uh, many people, even um, someone might be 90 years old woman or someone might be 10 years old. They started discovering their passions, so just started learning something new. Um, I didn't know cooking at first. Um, because, uh, yeah, I, I want to know cooking from such a long time. I, I can't remember about cooking. Um, then, yes, I read I read many books. And what I can see in people is that um, I can see someone just learning guitar, someone learning piano, someone learning to do, someone learning doodling. I can see a 94-year-old woman drawing portraits and drawing canvas paintings. That's so amazing um, when I see it uh, because they wouldn't have done it previously. If it wouldn't have been for this lockdown for the pandemic, they wouldn't have done it exactly. again. Um, this is a situation where we cannot, we don't have any control over it, over this whole pandemic. Um, we all have been locked down, but then we have a better ways of communication too. Again, um, what everyone has learned is coping up with technology. And now we aren't meeting personally, but then there are new ways of meeting. That's Zoom video meetings or just video calls. 
um, keeping up through messaging and yeah, FaceTiming people. These are the new ways that we all have learned, which is called as new normal um, in quarantine. Um, so yeah, again, video calls, all that have changed, that has changed. And again, online shopping that has increased at a terrible extent, doesn't increase drastically. Um, online shopping, like I am, like my family and I have, are currently are currently ordering like vegetables, groceries, um, food, um, vegetables, and even um, yeah, non-veg like fish, meat, everything, everything online. Even from my stationery and the books, everything online. Yeah, exactly. I can agree to that as well. I'm um, here. Like you no longer go to like buy your clothes outside or. Um, like even just leisure shopping like that's no longer a thing it's now like scrolling amazon or something um but i wanted to ask like are your parents also working from home and is that something that a lot of people in society right now are doing for you or do you see like a change in the amount of people that are outside um my mother is a homemaker so she's generally she's generally at home but my dad works in a bank so he has been going to his office since the pandemic started so yeah he's had he's had no break so yeah there was this sort of hardship about transportation services because um the local train which is the largest mode of transportation has had been stopped um due to the pandemic um again it was it was for good because um india's population is the highest and especially mumbai's population is the highest in india um, if you can if you consider a city um and local train is generally the most packed train like more than more than what it can carry more than its capability of um, just considering people and population so local train um, had been stopped due to pandemic so that was a big hardship because um, we live in Borivali here and his office wasn't located in Chunabhati um, so there was this long long distance to be covered so he, he tried commuting through Oda and Uber services but then after a few months, um, some local train services have resumed for, um, yes, for the emergency staff, as, as we call it here, for medical staff, for bankers. So yeah, for him, life hasn't pretty much changed. It has actually changed for worse because um, there have been difficulties of transportation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, even safety, because he has to carry masks and sanitizer everywhere. Exactly. Um, that's also something I can connect to because my dad, um, he owns a gas station. So for him, that's also an essential place. So he's been open ever since. And I think he's one of the only people in our home that's been out every single day and just um, had to face real life as it is. And yeah, so what, yeah, like, how does the media portray COVID-19? Because here in the US, everything is politicized right now. We're going into like an election in I think around 50 days. So all of the stats that come in, they can be inflated. Some stats aren't shown. Um, different news medias, like there's only one bias that runs in the media right now. So how has the media in India portrayed the COVID-19? Um, in India, I can call it um, positive as well as negative. It's like um, if you count for um, newspapers or the real media, yes, it's it's accurate. It's accurate. Um, but when you count um, media, like the public, when it when you count it um, through social media platforms like WhatsApp, fake news spread a lot easier than accurate news does. 
it's I don't know who it is. It's actually I I feel it's actually the public who spreads fake news. I don't know who it is, but it spreads a lot faster through social media. But if you if you count if you count upon newspapers or like real news platforms on the internet, yes, we can count on them for accurate news. Um, like again, rising cases, rising rising cases of coronavirus because it's something up to four hands too. Um, because India's population is. It's, it's the second largest populated country in the world, um, India. So it's, it's been pretty difficult to handle coronavirus cases in the country, mm-hmm. but the news media is handling it sort of accurately. And yes, that's, that's pretty good. But if you come from social media platforms like WhatsApp, um, the fake news you receive is, is phenomenal. It's, it's, yeah. it's astonishing, actually, the yeah. fake news. Because people have started experimenting their own remedies for coronavirus, mm-hmm. um, and we, we start getting news each day like this vaccine has been developed in this corner of the mm-hmm. world, another vaccine has been developed in this corner. This has completed stage one, this has completed stage two. It's like completely astonishing, and yes, we have to be careful um, where to rely on for news. Exactly. So, yeah, that was it about the media. Yeah. Um, that's also something that happens here. I think like my um, Instagram feed and other social media platforms, it's like everyone has their own remedy for the coronavirus. It's like crazy how um, some, like I think my parents' face, uh, Facebook and WhatsApp, they were talking like, oh, if you drink this type of water with this stuff in it, you will have COVID-19. And I'm like, if people really thought of that, why haven't scientists already put that out there, right? So I think it's really like amusing to like see people come up with their own like, treatments but at the same time it's like you shouldn't spread that maybe like keep it to yourself or something so um i think something i also wanted to address was the pollution effect like have you noticed that since a lot of people are indoors that it's been like reduced because i know um that india parts of india have some of like the worst um air quality in the world and i was looking at one of the statistics and it was showing how 21 of 30 cities in the world in 2019 were in India who had the worst AQ, um, AQIs. So how have you seen the pollution be affected there? Pollution effect has drastically reduced in the country. Um, since April, I've started um, hearing the cuckoos and cuckoos and the birds singing here in, in the balcony. And yeah, it's it's amazing. It's even surprising to see something that's, that you haven't even witnessed before. And just because due to the pandemic, due to the, the, the mitigated effect of people's dominance on the world and pollution. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, pollution has drastically reduced. I can see the grass more greener these days. I, and yes, the rains too. Yes, pollution has decreased considerably. Um, I live in Mumbai city, which is a very metropolitan city, and pollution is generally high here. Mm-hmm. But then I, I cannot see. I can see clear blue skies right now. Even I've seen. Uh, even even though I've not been outside of my home, I've seen some. I've seen people forwarding images. I'm talking about accurate mm-hmm. images. Um, I've seen them showing clear blue skies, um, scarlet sunsets, which I've never been witnessed before in the country or even in the city. Um, smokeless uh, azure sky, yes, it's all been like smokeless these days. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's again astonishing. And uh, even I can feel like pure oxygen these mm-hmm. days. I mean, I still can feel it. Even mm-hmm. though I'm quarantined at home, yes, the air quality has considerably um, progressed and increased. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's that's it about the pollution. For here um, in California, I don't know if you've heard, but for the past couple of weeks, we've had the craziest fire season. 
and um, like the whole last week it was the air quality was really bad but I don't even think it was like um, the same amount as India and people here were like complaining so much and we could we couldn't see the sky for so long and I think that took such like an effect on us knowing like we you're able to see like a blue sky every day and suddenly it's like an apocalypse and knowing that that it's kind of like a day-to-day thing for you guys in India is like crazy like um, that's something that I don't think a lot of people realize here so yeah and like a last kind of question about um, Indian society what is something you feel that the rest of the world doesn't realize and what has been happening in India um, it's can be related to the pandemic or something that goes completely uncovered in a different aspect that you think deserves attention um, this is not regarding pandemic, but I feel there are a few aspects that need to be considered um, by the world too um, for India. So, it's the first one is um, economic um, inequality, that is the, the lack of balance in the socio-economic divisions of society. Because if you see here in India, India is a diverse country. And India again has a vast population. So you can see the extremities in every aspect of the population. Some are some are like really, really poor sections of the society um, who lack all facilities, even the basic facilities of food, water, and shelter. I can see malnourished people even in the streets. I can see them begging for food. And I feel so sorry for them. And on the other side, when there is a beggar on this side of the street, and then on the opposite side, you can see a big skyscraper with millionaires and billionaires residing in it. Mm-hmm. So this is the sort of socio-economic, I don't know what the population get over, but I, but I think at least humans need to have access to three basic things as food, clothing, and shelter. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen people living on streets, we have seen people dying of hunger um, on streets. If you come here, there's a lot of poverty here. But then at the same time, there are many wealthy people too. A lot of wealthy people here. Um, you can see millionaires and billionaires residing in Merce, residing in bungalows and villas and skyscrapers, driving in Mercedes and yes, Mercedes and BMWs. Yes, you can see a lot of difference in the social divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, uh, about the diversity of the country. It is a diverse country, and I and I admire it. I admire it greatly. You can see diversities in almost every direction of the country. If you go from south, there are different traditions, different infrastructure. If you go to north, there's again different customs and cultures. So um, yeah, this aspect sort of has I don't know if it has been ignored by the world, but um, at least every child needs to have access to education, at least to food and water, which are the basic needs of human living. I think that needs to be addressed here because sometimes it may be out of our bounds to address every single person's need when, when the population of the country is on the second highest in the world. Yeah. But again, this needs to be addressed because the balance needs to be maintained within the socio-economic divisions of the society. Because again, everyone is a human and humans need to have access to three basic needs, as food, shelter and water that's three basic needs which i feel needs to be addressed in the world about socioeconomic quality yeah I definitely agree with that and I'm so glad you brought that up because I think sometimes we're so lost in ourselves that we don't realize what's happening even just even in our like neighborhood or in our city let alone like the whole world and bringing up how there's um, like skyscrapers and then people like millionaires living in that and then there's people right like next to that who are just begging for food and water I think that's such a great like not, not great but like 
that creates such an image in people's heads to like really um I think if people could actually visualize that more they'd be more um wanting to help and more fighting for it because that's something that isn't addressed as much and I'm so glad you brought that up and so going into the outsider's perception of the U.S. so um I kind of want to know like what people think about the U.S. who aren't living in the U.S. And so where do you personally find what is happening in the U.S.? Is it like something um, that airs on news networks in India? Or like, do you watch world networks or do you have to do like your own research? Okay. So I'm not saying this is a competitive question. Where do I come? Where do we generally come to know about news about the U.S.? Um, in these days, I think I, I receive news in an instant on social media. Um, like if um, I came in about um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for the elections right in a second on social media. It was everywhere. It was even in newspapers, but then it was for the first time I saw it saw on social media. Secondly, newspapers, accurate news through newspapers. Then, yeah, television media. Um, because um, news about the U.S. are perceived easily and quickly by Indians. Mm-hmm. Um, as per my belief, they are pursued quickly and they are they are admired, they are opinionated on by Indians um, very quickly. And about the first part of the question, what is the view of US by Indians? Um, a diverse country um, with a good economic policy, with good economic policies, um, yes, and technologically advanced country is that that's what I can think or anyone can think when they think of US. Um, I suppose these are the first thoughts when anyone thinks of U.S. Um, yes, a good uh, a good place to get higher education. That's what all children think here, primarily in India. And yes, again, diverse cultures, people all over the world migrated in the U.S. Um, that's sort of what we think of when we think about United States. I think that's really cool how you mentioned that you guys are able to see it in your um, like day-to-day news because here... Um, especially right now, I wasn't so into watching the news earlier. I mean, I did um, like look at it, but I don't specifically remember it. But especially this year, it's been all about the U.S. Every single um, political thing that could possibly happen is mentioned on the news, but everything else is sort of disregarded. And um, like if you ask someone who constantly watches like mainstream medias, they would probably not know what's happening around the world unless it's something like really major, like what happened in Lebanon. And yet that wasn't even really covered to a full extent. And so um, also the perspective that you gave about the U.S., I think uh, my parents who also came from India had something similar and but they came um, like I think more than a decade ago. I mean, well, yeah, probably because I'm 16. So, um, yeah, before that. And they had a similar perspective. That's the main reason they left, um, because they wanted to find like that in U.S. And to see how that hasn't really changed over like um, a couple of decades is really cool. How um, it's just like that image is always sustained. And also, I'm curious to know, like, what do people in India think about President Trump specifically? Um, people have both positive and negative opinions. Um, I feel people's opinions are filtered by what the media speaks for President Trump specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I've seen some of his policies. Um, I cannot speak for the public. I can speak mm-hmm. for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, his recent policy about um, visa and education, um, it was uh, it was about during this coronavirus only. Um, he had um, he had put down some, some restrictions on um, getting international students for higher education in the US. But again, that policy um, was um, 
because he was taken back by him himself in the, in the next weeks um, because there were some opinions by Harvard, um, Princeton, MIT on the policy of, of the restriction of um, international travel and on-campus teaching for international students. Um, yes, that was what that news, that's, that sort of news struck me hard. But then again, in, in the week, in like even earlier than the week, the news was taken back by President Trump himself. Um, yes. I can't speak for the public. They both have positive and negative opinions um, everywhere. It's what news and the media filters us about. It's what they speak about. President Trump is what we hear and what we have it's upon. Um, that was it. That was it about President Trump. Um, again, we are waiting, we are waiting to reserve the results and the elections um, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm very positive about it. I think some positive change may happen in the U.S. for the better, just not just for the U.S., but even for the whole world. I like how you brought up that how the media's perspective or the way media shows the news changes um, people's opinions because that's something I see here as well. Um, since our media is like really biased, like our mainstream medias are super biased, it's like whichever one you watch is what your perspective ends up to be because they're not really showing news in an unfiltered way. It's more of just kind of pushing their own agendas. So I really like how you brought that up. And so to close, do you have any closing thoughts, anything you want to say? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, for the Youth Magazine, we have our website, www.youthmag.net. We have a team of uh, students all over the world, from young people all over the world, um, who write uh, design for the magazine as well as proofread for the magazine. So you can have a look at issue one of our magazine, which has which had been released in September. We have our second issue releasing in October. Do have a look on our website and even on our social media channels. We are on Instagram at the.youthmag. We are on Facebook at the.youthmagazine. So yeah, have a look at our social media channels. We can't wait for you to write for our magazine. We welcome writers from all over the world, submissions from all the young writers, as well as from educators around the world. And yeah, we'll be glad to welcome you on our team. Um, I also would highly recommend checking out the youth magazine. I recently did as well, and I found it super interesting. So many different um, news pieces that I've never even heard about before, different topics, and I would definitely recommend checking it out. And so thank you so much for being on our podcast episode today. I learned a lot, and I hope um, readers can, I mean, listeners can gain a lot of insight as well. And so, yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Teen Angle Podcast. Remember to leave a reviewer rating down below and let us know what you think. Thank you and see you next time.